You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. We're all one in Jesus, is the title of this devotion. I believe in this power of oneness, friends. I'll be talking more about this as well tomorrow, but this wonder that God is able to remove every division, every contradiction, every strife, every hurt, every offense, every wound, and restore us into oneness with Him and one another. I believe in this with all my heart, and I've seen the power of it, where people go from a moment of horrible, evil contradiction and madness of offense, where it's driving them mad with anger and offense into the sweetest union with God and with those with whom they have had trouble. I've seen it happen. I've seen the power of God unto salvation. I've seen the power of reconciliation. I've seen the Holy Ghost restoration, renewing and restoring and removing all strife and offense and hurt. I've seen it and I believe in it and I'm thank God it's here and alive today. And if you want to experience this oneness, Join me in this devotion and let the word of the Lord comfort you and encourage you today that God is able, that God is able to remove every obstacle to fellowship and communion and union. Look what it says here in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and build up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You see, dear friends, all of us have this part of our relationship with our Savior Jesus that our roots need to grow deep into him as we draw our nourishment for living as he lives from our union with him. All of us are human and earthly in this body and can feel the downward gravity of the natural nature pulling us down to that feeling of emptiness and despair and loneliness and the feeling I've got nothing, I am nothing, I have nothing, I, I, I don't know, I don't know. That empty feeling, you take that and say, Jesus, 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 you are my light. You are my light and my salvation. You are my only hope, Jesus. I'm so thirsty and hungry, Lord. Satisfy me early with your goodness. Show me your salvation as I call upon your name right now, Jesus, Jesus. And all of a sudden, your roots of faith begin to connect with his light, life-giving waters of the Spirit. And you feel the nourishment of his resurrection life coming into your mortal flesh and beginning to 
open up your senses to his presence and you become alive unto God through Jesus, by whom we are made alive unto him. Read Ephesians 1, excuse me, read Ephesians 2 verse 1 through 10. And you become alive unto God through the Son. You're experiencing that new birth life, that new creation life of the Son of God coming into you and your roots grow into him so that you become established in your faith. You become steady and stable in faith in Christ that he will never fail you, that he will always give you life. Jesus said in John 6, 35, whoever believes in me will never thirst again and whoever comes to me will never hunger. Jesus Christ invites you to keep coming to him and you will never hunger and to keep believing in him and you will never thirst. Read it for yourself there in John 6 verse 35. And he brings you, as it says here in Ephesians chapter 4, until we all, verse 13, come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. You see, as Christ becomes your life every day, you begin to connect with those who are alive, with those who know him. Oh, I just love this. I meet people every day, everywhere who know him. And I connect with them in Christ, even though I naturally don't know them, yet we realize that we're of the same family until we all come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, who is the perfect man, to the measure, listen up, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God longs for you and me to live in that full stature of Jesus Christ, that all who meet us meet Jesus, because in him we live and he lives in us. So that, listen up, verse 14 of Ephesians 4, we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him, Jesus Christ, who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Friends, it is God's desire that you begin to enjoy this oneness in Jesus. And where your experiences, traditions, and values that have been formed in you in your upbringing or associations or educations contradict this life in Christ, He Himself will work in you freedom from these contradictions that argue within your innermost being against that oneness in Christ. You know, for example, when I was a young boy in church, when we would have the Lord's Communion on the first Sunday of the month, like many churches around the world celebrated on the first Sunday of the month, that is a, 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 a human tradition. It's not a biblical command to have communion. 
in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup is something the Lord has told us to do until he comes. But how often we do it is not being commanded. You could do it every day if you want to. You can do it at home. You can do it in church. You can have communion anytime. We live in communion with the Father through the Son. And, and the reason we break the bread and share the cup is that we remember Jesus said, till he comes. And that's why we do it together. But when I grew up as a young boy, there were these big cups, mugs, really big, and they had real wine in it. And that mug with a little serviette was shared. So you took a little zip and you cleaned the rim of it and passed it to the next person. And the congregation was many hundreds of people. So we had many of these cups. And that is how we partook of the communion. Of course, also unleavened bread was passed around, pieces of it. I grew up that way. But we thought that that was normal. And here at Life Church, I don't use real wine. It's not an argument. It's the fruit of the vine that represents. It's the grape that's been crushed that represents the shedding of his blood. And so some people try to get a little bit more into the, 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 the mystery of it all and, and make more of it than I know the Lord did. But anyway, <clears throat> I leave that where it is. But we don't use real wine. We use just unfermented wine and we share little bitty cups. Everybody gets one little bitty cup. The point, my dear friend, that I'm trying to make, sometimes people argue over these traditional methods and ways. But that should have never become an argument to separate us. Never. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed for the remission of the world. God so loved the world that he gave his son. John the Apostle, uh, John the Baptist, excuse me, John the Baptist, John the Apostle writes it, but John the Baptist in John chapter 1 verse 29 says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What we do is in remembrance, it's but a example. It's not the real blood. The real blood was shed on Calvary and sprinkled on the mercy seat in heaven Wherefore, the Holy Spirit now is able to come as representative of Jesus Christ to impart that heavenly life of the Son of God and the working of that precious blood in our heart by the continual cleansing and washing and regenerating of the Holy Spirit in us. Oh, my dear friends, we would never want to argue over the methods and the ways when we can have the real glory of what it represents, the power of the Holy Spirit administering the life blood of Christ to our hearts, liberating it from the movings of the darkness of this world and the forces of sin that would love to occupy that heart, but breaking its power and setting us free to live in communion with the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. That blood is forever active and powerful from eternity to eternity. It will never lose its power. That blood of the Son of God will always speak of hope of salvation for all who receive it and thereby are cleansed by the, by the blood. Oh, my dear friends, never argue over the methods and the ways, but let your life, listen closely now, let your life be a living member 
of the body of Christ. You see, look at my hand. It's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? How this is all fearfully and wonderfully made. And I can do this. I can pick up this little Bible and I can, I can do this. Why? Because my wrist is working well. And the power that comes from the body into the arm and then into the hand makes this possible. Listen closely. But if my wrist was dysfunctional, hurting, broken, or disjointed, I wouldn't use the hand. Oh, no, I couldn't bear to move it because any movement of the hand affects that wrist and would cause excruciating pain. So I would have it in a sling and not move it for a moment because any movement of the hand puts stress on the joint and causes unbearable pain. But there's nothing wrong with the hand. It's the joining. And what he says in his word here in Ephesians 6, 4 verse 16, he says, now the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You see, friends, I have a little joint right there. It's very small, but it's handy because it allows that finger to move just a little to be able to grab things. Then I have a bigger joint here and a bigger joint and a bigger joint and a bigger joint and a bigger joint. The closer you get to the heart, the bigger the joint. Because the more that it needs the life-giving flow of the blood to empower it to do its part. And this is why I want to encourage you. Let your roots grow strong into Christ himself. Stay joined to him. He is the heart of the church. He is the mind and the heart of the church. Stay joined. Let your roots grow deep into Christ as you daily draw your nourishment for living as he lives from your union with him. And there, by that life-giving spirit of Christ, he enables, empowers you with his meekness, gentleness, loneliness, humility and kindness and goodness to receive one another, to be joined to one another. Because when you become joined and you become one in Christ Jesus, it's amazing. It's like the arm is joined to the hand by the joint of the wrist. And that allows all that power Oh, friends, many times you have amazing people. And if they could just be joined together, what incredible grace would flow. I'll give you an interesting little example. Virginia and I, we've now been married a little over 40 years. Oh, how I love that girl. How precious she is. How wonderful. I just adore her in a godly sense, you know. I don't worship her, I worship God, but oh, we are so one. And how I love that oneness. I'll never forget one time, we were sitting together on an airplane for many hours, for about an eight hour flight, and we were just talking and talking about the Lord and everything. Oh, it was heavenly. 
and, uh, and the plane had been shaking for quite some time. It really was shaking and shaking. You were not allowed to get up. You had to stay belted in. And eventually Virginia looked at me and she says, oh, darling, I can't wait anymore. I've got to go to the restroom. You've got to do something. She didn't say it to me in a disdaining or complaining way. No, it was like a, her cry came into me and it just created a godly reaction in me. I closed my eyes and instantly the Holy Spirit showed me the wind coming this way and the plane going this way. And I said to my spirit, wind, stop right now and let us through. And instantly the airplane stopped shaking. And after a few minutes, they let us get up and Virginia could go. And you see, I know that sounds fantastic. And you may say, okay, that's a bit much, Robert. I don't know if I can believe that. Friends, I hope you get the point I'm making through the story. When we as weak human beings are joined to the creator of heaven and earth and become one with the savior of the world, Jesus Christ, Jesus shows you nothing is impossible. All things are possible for them that believe. When a father who was agonizing over his young 12-year-old daughter came to Jesus, his name was Jairus, he said, Lord, come, my daughter is dying. And Jesus went. And Jesus was a bit delayed because of a lady who needed healing and was healed. And as he then started moving again towards Jairus' home, somebody came and said, don't bother the master anymore for your daughter has died. Jesus, hearing this, looked at Jairus and said, Jairus, fear not, only believe. Stay one with me, in other words. Stay one with me. And here Jesus came into the house and he took the little girl by the hand and he said, little girl, arise. And immediately she woke up. But you need to see how important it was for Jairus to stay one to give Jesus access to his little girl. You see, Jesus couldn't go into that house without Jairus because the house belonged to Jairus. Jesus cannot come into your heart unless you give him access, unless you open the door. He says in Revelations 3 verse 20, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens unto me, I will come in and dine with him and him with me. Let Jesus continuously have access to your life, and he will enable you to be joined with others as you begin to share his life together. Amen. Have a good day.